I'm Alka Khuri and host of the podcast South Asian Films and Books. I'm also a faculty at the University of Washington Bothell teaching film literature gender and human rights. In South Asian Films and Books, I'm going to look at how South Asian writers and filmmakers explore some of the major issues and help us make sense of the world that we inhabit. From politics to culture, each episode looks at a topic that impacts and shapes the lives of people living in South Asia and its diasporas. This is South Asian Films and Books, an original podcast broadcast from Seattle. Subscribe to South Asian Films and Books as soon as possible so you don't miss a single episode. a beautiful city in Morocco by the Atlantic Ocean. My guest today is Zainab Fasiki, Morocco's leading artifist, who uses graphic art to challenge the taboos of sexuality and the female body in Morocco. Trained as a mechanical engineer, Zainab is now a full-time artist or an artivist. One of her leading works is entitled Hashuma, which translates as shame. I'm so happy to talk to you, Zainab. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, and I'm so happy to be with you. It's my honor and my pleasure. So, Zainab, give a little background to yourself. Well, I am a Moroccan artivist, which means I am an activist who uses art. I was trained as a mechanical engineer. I worked in this field, and it was one of the reasons why I became a feminist, because I saw and I lived harassment and uh, sexism uh, when I was working, public transport, at home, in the street, which gave me this energy to draw to, and to speak about women's rights. So, and today I am a full-time artist and I have so many ambitions about uh, art that defends women's rights. bit about the sexual revolution that you launched in Morocco. Give a little detail about what that achieved. Well, I remember it was 2014 when I first published my first portrait of myself naked. Uh, it was for me a way of healing my soul from the patriarchy, sexism. And I remember there weren't like I just didn't find as many artists in Morocco publishing nudity in art it, because it is so hashoma and hashoma in Moroccan language means shame because female bodies is hashoma so I remember I won't say I am the first but it was just uh, not everywhere and years later there was 
um, unfortunately, a Moroccan uh, young girl raped in a bus in Casablanca in 2017. So, and I was already engaged in publishing these drawings on social media, and I had this activism, and I had this idea to publish a caricature about her. And, and I didn't know that it will be really traveling around the world on, in a virtual world that doesn't even exist. So that's how we see the power of, of the internet, of social media, of people connected in a virtual place. But yet it has so much effects in the real world. And that's how a year later harassment officially became a crime in Morocco. Nudity is, you know, a taboo in art. To answer this question, I would love to detail the history of Morocco. Before being an Islamic country, we were an Amazigh kingdom, and we didn't have shame culture. We didn't have shuma culture. Women were so powerful and free, and things changed. And today. Um, the female body is simply shoma, should be covered so that men can control their desire. Um, the female body should not be uh, free simply. There are laws, there are literally laws made by men to control our uterus, to control our sexuality, um, our freedom of clothes, of going out whenever we want, and that is just something linked to the fact that a woman herself is something that should be protected by men. And simply what I did is that if you're all afraid of the honor of our body, well, I will draw it naked simply because we are sick of the Shoma culture. We are tired of this control of the dictatorship. Simply a body that doesn't belong to anyone by its owner is is under the rule of its owner not anyone else and simply i draw my body because it's my body and if i wanted to be naked on a drawing then that's my choice and also uh, we can visit any museum here and we will find so many naked women drawn by men during colonization they were minors they were sex slaves for european kings um, they were mistresses of the kings, they were not treated very well, they were raped by the soldiers, and yet this art, these artworks are appreciated today in museums around the world. But when an African woman drawing herself just to express that she's tired of patriarchy in Morocco, yet she is insulted. Did you still feel liberated by doing that? Since I draw myself naked, I am so free, I am so liberated because before that I was always saying I can't draw what I want because society will judge me, society will beat me, will, will make me a bad person. But the fact that I could draw this in a society that doesn't accept this kind of art is, is more than freedom because I am against a whole country, I am against a whole um, culture. 
and it's not easy people insult me they they threaten me on my emails on my dms in real life it's not something easy to fight for and i know that even some feminists tell me drawing a naked body is not freedom for women we have more important issues than that but the fact that let's start by our bodies if they are not free in even an artwork how do you expect it to be free in real life so the fact that people didn't accept my body in only one drawing then that's really sad that's really bad to to, to start with so i just hope that if we could liberate the female body we will also finish with a whole uh, circle of, of frustration sexual frustration um, we have this harassment we have rape because desire is controlled because our bodies are controlled and once we start loving our own bodies we will respect and love the body of other people instead of harass them and, and rape them Why do you draw scars and tattoos on the bodies of the women that you draw? Well, since I was nine years old, I was in the Moroccan hammam for the first time. It's a, it's a public bath where all women are naked. And it was the moment where I, because I was always insecure. I was always seeing those sexy women on, on magazine covers. On, tv and posters and i was just like I'm, I'm not like that and i and i started hating my own body but once i saw all these women who i met in my neighbor i i, I saw their bodies i saw their naked bodies full of scars hair um, and and the, your body tells your story i mean a scar is is part of your story and you should be proud of it not hiding it and and i was like it was a moment, it was an enlightenment moment for me to, to understand that those sexy women I saw were just fake things. That's not our body. And so that's why I draw uh, in all my projects the diversity of our body. I'm not only here to promote one body type, but there are so many uh, bodies types for women that we should value, we should make it normal for people to accept our natural bodies. Mm -hmm. And the tattoos? For the tattoos, well, I am half Amazigh and in Amazigh culture, women always drew uh, tattoos on, on face, on all over our bodies. I am also a henna artist, so it's also considered as a tattoo. So I defend the Amazigh culture so much in my work that I always add the Amazigh tattoos on the faces of my characters because it's a culture that is not valued everywhere in Morocco. We tend to forget about our history, about our grandmothers, grandfathers who, who were Amazigh. And I don't want this to be erased from our history. I just keep saying to people, hey, these are the indigenous people and we should keep them alive. And I believe that art will help solve that.
talk about the use of the color blue in the nudes that you paint. Well, when I was 16, I was really curious about religions. I was questioning every religion that I found, Islam, Christianity. In these Abrahamic religions, we, we tend always to call God by he, and we even gave God a gender that it's a male. And even in my culture, Hishuma, we uh, always consider women as a second sex, as a second gender that, that are less important. So when I discovered Hindu beliefs in India, I discovered that they have goddesses. They have women who are goddesses. And I'm not, I'm not used to that. I just grew up in a place where God is a man, is, is a powerful, because men are powerful and that's patriarchy. So it just gave me this idea that woman is also powerful. And with the blue skin color, it's it just made me so happy. Still today, I have all my characters with blue skin because they are goddesses for me. Every woman I draw is a goddess. And I also add the snake. I'm just in love with the Hindu artworks that I, that I still have today. And also, I found it linked to also my culture because in Amazir kingdom, they were also goddesses were women they were worshipped by Amazigh people and the flag that was created later to support the Amazigh people it has the blue color it has blue yellow red and green so that's the color palette and in, in my artwork so I linked the two cultures together and that's for me the the most amazing mixture <laughs> In 2019, you published your book, Hashuma. What inspired you to write that book? Of course, after all these struggles, I mean, I was first insulted and, and controlled in real life. Then it became virtual. All the patriarchy I lived in real life, it, it became uh, virtual. Then I, I, I published my drawings and people now follow me to understand this Hashuma culture. So I decided, why not? I will simply create uh, a book that is an illustrated guide to understand everything about this culture. So in 2019, I published it. I, I wanted this book to be in, in Darija language, but there was so many censorship with the Moroccan editor. So I was forced to do it with a French since it's the most uh, spoken language also in Morocco and it is simply a book that i wish i had when i was 15 because it details everything about the spectrum of gender sexualities sexual education um, all a way of the control of patriarchy religion it's a book that liberates desire that liberates our sexualities because sex is always seen as shame, but I just corrected this image. I just corrected the fact that sex is the thing that made us all. It's, it's by sex. We are here thanks to sex, thanks to this beautiful practice that we should stop uh, seeing it as a bad thing. So it's a book that simply liberates 
our bodies. And I'm happy every time I signed this book all around the world. There were so many parents with their kids just to give them this book and understand their body. So why is a conversation on sexual rights considered to be non-Moroccan or too bourgeois? Of course, every feminist in the MENA region is told that women's rights is a Western invention. It's something from Occidental countries and it, it does, it, it's not local. But the fact is that uh, freedom of, of our body and the freedom of women was not invented by anyone, by any culture. It has no nationality. Every woman, no matter what her background is, no matter what her culture is, should be free from uh, politics, from religion, from economy, from traditions. And the West, I don't see it as the first place where women's rights started, but I, I know Egyptian authors who made so many books in the 1920s. There are so many African authors, Asian authors who did so many revolutions, African people, Asian people who, did, who started revolutions for women's rights, but yet we do not give them the value they deserve. So I never said that our freedom started somewhere, but it's just that every woman, no matter her place, speaks about her rights. And of course, in my case, people tell me that what I draw is French, is American, but I only say I'm just drawing my body. I was never influenced by any culture. All the books that I read since I was 10 were from Moroccan strong women, Egyptian, Iranian women who fought for their freedom and they inspired me. So it's too bad that we see that as something that is bourgeois or something that is invented from the West, because it's not. You were mentioning a little while ago that all the parents wanted their children to read your book. Is there any other target audience? When I created Shoma, it wasn't only targeted for kids because I know a lot of people who are 40 years old, 50 years old, and they just arrived to the enlightenment of body freedom. And, and that's why I say there is no age to free your desire, to free your body from any control. There is no age. That's why every time I see someone reading Shoma, no matter age they have, my target is simply every human being and my goal is simply to correct homophobia sexism patriarchy like any control against anybody should be corrected by this book and that's simply my target mm -hmm. and how was the book received in morocco i remember when i first published it, I was insulted by, I mean, there are journalists who insulted me and made rumors about me in so many articles, uh, people attacking me at any way possible to make me as evil as possible. I was 24 and for a young woman aged 24 to create such a book that criticizes a whole culture, that is something 
that wasn't really really well seen because it was also my age the fact that i am very young like who i am to to be born <laughs> 24 years ago and and change something that lasted 12 centuries like who am i to do that but i was like well it's me and i struggled i suffered really for so many years and i'm just here to speak before anything about my rights and the rights of every woman so i was insulted for that but there were so many so many so many positive feedback there are so many people who supported the book and and in every signature there were hundreds of people attending with their kids with their family members and i just saw hope by my eyes and it really made me happy Mm -hmm. so is this book available in english well shoma right now is available in french in galician in italian and we are working on so many other languages such as darija arabic and english it's not yet there but we are working on it mm -hmm. because i'm sure this book would be very useful even for people in different parts of the english-speaking world i know that i have this question like every day every day but it's coming soon Do you want to tell us a little bit more about, you know, your pride and your Amazigh origin? I'm just so proud to be part of, uh, of the Amazigh culture because simply uh, I just see the difference. Every time I read more about the Amazigh culture, it's just that it was so different. Women weren't treated like nowadays. They were respected no matter what how many men they sleep with, no matter how divorced they were, no matter how they were dressed. I am also Pan-African and you can see all the powerful women in all the tribes, how they were showing their breasts, how they were powerful with their body, they were Nahshuma and, and men were respecting us. I mean, even sometimes I say that maybe Africa didn't need feminism before because the, the moment we had female queens the West was struggling to give women the right to vote, but we had already queens leading kingdoms, making laws. There were no difference between men and women. Women have their rights, but of course, after the colonizations, the slavery decades, it changed everything. And even such sexist laws we have today, they were imposed by the colonizers. They weren't made by Moroccans themselves. So that's why I'm so proud of being Amazigh, of being African, because my identity never hurt women. My real identity was never against women. It's always made by strangers. Mm -hmm. And the word Amazigh, what does it mean? Well, Amazigh means the free people. It's simply free people, even in the flag in Tifinagh, because the language is Tifinagh. Our logo means free people. So that's why I say that my identity is something very powerful. And it's so sad that we are today in a new identity that, that hates different people, that hates everyone who is original in its own body, in its own gender. 
And I suppose the use of the word Berber then becomes this really cruel expression. Well, I don't use the word Berber because normally Amazigh people don't use Berber because Berber means like... Barbarians. Yeah, it it was used by the soldiers of the colonizers to to describe us that we were savage, we were like not civilized, just as them, so... We don't use Berber. That's another thing that I try to correct in every conference, is that call us Amazigh, but not Berbers. Talk about the power of social media and a Moroccan version of the Arab Spring, which is also known as the February 20th movement. I remember that era of Arab Spring that started in Tunisia, then Libya, then Egypt, then all other countries, and it arrived also in Morocco. But the sad thing is that, and I say it, and we all say it in MENA region, Arab Spring did not give positive results to all of us. It only ruined... I mean, we had to do a revolution at at some point, but unfortunately, it did not save us. And for example, speaking about my country, Morocco, uh, since the Arab Spring, we were under the rule of an Islamic party that ruined our freedom, that ruined our freedom of speech. And for 10 years, we didn't see any positive change. So it's sad that because revolutions must have positive change for people. But in our case, it only doomed us more with with more sexism, with more poverty and more control so and i'm and i'm glad that things are are getting changed today and social media even was one of the tools that made the arab spring that that made people united i remember there were facebook groups and instagram people are just like well let's meet here let's all make a point in that place to speak all of us so even in my case, I found freedom on social media because I didn't find it in real life. And, and I just sometimes I ask myself how artists, they were struggling in, in, in the 20th century when there were no social media. Like, can you imagine how it was hard for someone uh, not to be able to share what they want in front of 7 billion people online in an easy way? So. I think we are, my generation is privileged to have this technology that gives us this freedom of speech in front of all the billions of humans in one click. And that's very powerful. And I'm just like inviting every day, every person, please let's use social media for the good of our rights, for our freedom, instead of using it as a way of, of bullying and, and more control. Do you see yourself as part of the fourth wave feminism, which is increasingly being understood as a social media-led feminist revolution? I am for sure part of the fourth wave of feminism that simply is this virtual revolution. And the fact that my first drawing was known on Instagram, then Facebook, then Twitter, 
it's it's for me a huge thing and and that's why i really remember and i lived every era by itself like since 2008 2000 Nine, uh, I, I always saw uh, on social media groups of activists discussing things. Like, I remember we created so many private groups just to be able to discuss things that are shoma, that are illegal to discuss. And the fact that we were united by technology is, is very powerful. And I'm so happy and I'm so proud to be part of this wave because simply it's our new hope, it's our fight for the future, for our kids, for the next generations. And I just hope that this revolution will give this time some real, real, real positive. How do you see yourself different to mainstream feminists in Morocco? Well, um, I see myself sometimes different because, I, in fact, I am also an author, I am, I am an artist, but I simply have my style of... The fact that by drawing myself naked is itself activism is something that, is, that was really, really new for people, even around the world. Like every time I say, hey, I draw myself naked and that's how I defend rights. And everyone is like, wait, how? And that's how I detail my activism is that, wait, nudity in art was always made by men. It's a form of patriarchy. Now women in Africa, like me are deciding to draw themselves without any control and I, and I understand I understand every person who saw it as a weird thing to draw yourself and call yourself an activist because it needs more like discussions to understand it like deep questioning everything about it and and I repeat it never underestimate any form of activism because I believe that any like every woman expresses her her struggle her depression her suffering in any form whether it's it's drawing it's it's a movie it's photography it's it's a book we just should respect and appreciate any form coming from any artist and that's also another that's another topic of respecting forms of art because even in the fourth wave of feminism we have like collectives made on Instagram, we have so many, like we have hashtags, we have live sessions with so many viewers and, and that's something huge to, to be able to attend a huge debate in your room at home and that's something I also do. So I know it's new, I know it's, it's different, but it's giving some positive results. One final question. What's your future project? What are you working on? Oh, I am working on uh, more exhibitions. I am working especially on my next comic book that will this time have the story happening in my home city when I was born, Fez. 
I believe that Fez is not a city that is valued as much as Casablanca, Marrakesh, and Rabat. So I'm trying because it's at the same time the oldest city in Morocco. It has the oldest university in the whole world, uh, made by a powerful woman. And it's just so bad that it doesn't have its deserved value, its deserved reputation. So I am making this scenario where so many powerful women in the Medina of Fez are liberating themselves from the control of tradition, religion, politics. And it's something that I was looking for in, in books and I didn't find it. So I just hope that this book will, will inspire young girls to, <laughs> to become feminists and, and speak for their rights. And I'm just having so much things uh, in the future that focus more on um, especially changing the laws in Morocco about sexuality outside wedlock, homosexuality, genders. And speaking about the future projects, from time to time I just publish drawings just like that on, on social media with, with no, like, it shouldn't be a project, but I just keep every week uh, publishing uh, a drawing uh, because that's also part of my, of my job. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Zena. It has been a deeply personal uh, moment for me, not only to understand you as a feminist, as a young woman who took a stance, who took a position faced with discrimination, but also in my professional work because your work is so much at the core of um, the research that I'm doing on fourth-wave feminism. So I really, really appreciate you giving me this time. I appreciate it uh, more to be here with you. It's an honor. Thank you so much. And I'm, and, and I'm so proud of you, of, of the people who are listening to us. And I just hope the good for all women on this planet. Thank you so much.